Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. And, and then you hear over the radio that they're closing in on Olivia. We all are kind of on the same page running out of the hotel. I'll track two of you, take them out. Gavin drives up um, and he's got an eagle eye for knowing who the people are that are part of this pursuit. And so he starts kind of calling back to you locations. Hey, just grab some pineapple, like something unforgiving. Just start bashing them with it. You're kind of running around for a little while, not totally sure who even the watchers are. I desperately want one of you to take one of them out with a Moroccan rug, like a rolled up rug. Like a taquito or something. Someone sprinting down an alleyway, like appears in the main street and like dives and knocks you off the bike. I feel like I'm gonna end up shooting either way. So let me try and take this guy out. Can I draw a weapon and immediately use it? Absolutely, you can. Then I will certainly be doing that. And you kind of see him prowling around you, but you do notice something in particular is that he seems to be avoiding direct sunlight. Another person steps into view. This is a, a Romanian woman. Uh, it's hard to tell her age, and she has a head covering that's kind of casting shadows over her face. And Teddy, you hear in your mind, Finish him for me. An undisclosed location in the heart of Russia. July 8th, 2005. Dr. Teddy Walker was sitting in the back of a moving vehicle, her eyes blindfolded, with very little sense of the direction she was heading. But she was in total control. She was on her way to complete the mission she had been working on for nearly a year, and her enemies were providing the escort. This is how things worked for Teddy. When others thought they had the upper hand was when she was at her best. The car started to slow and then came to a stop, and Teddy heard the driver of the car shout something out the window in Russian. Another man, who was standing outside, responded, and Teddy could hear a rustling of documents being exchanged. She knew it was on those documents, her credentials, or at least the ones she had provided. None of them, of course, were real. Teddy held her breath for just a moment, but she was never really worried. She knew the fakes were as good as you could make them, and she knew she had won their trust well before this moment. And just like that, she heard the window roll up and the car started moving again. When it came to another stop, the driver and the person sitting in the front seat got out and opened the rear door next to where Teddy was sitting. They were gentle with her, making sure to protect her head as they led her out of the car and into the building they had parked next to. Once she was inside, and away from any windows that could reveal their location, she thought, her blindfold was removed and her physician's bag returned to her. And just like that, without a moment's thought, they had given her back her tools of execution. Teddy sometimes wondered if others considered her particular methods of assassination disreputable, underhanded, or even dishonorable. She didn't really care. This was what she was trained to do, what she alone was capable of doing, and what her particular set of skills made her perfect for. The men led her down a dimly lit hallway into a makeshift hospital room. Makeshift, perhaps, but still state-of-the-art. The man sitting in the bed before her had more money than almost anyone in the world, and he could afford to provide himself the very best medical care money could buy. Not rich enough to fend off what was coming for him now, though, she thought. She started her exam at once, speaking in slow and clear English so that the interpreter could translate. And even though they didn't speak the same language, she knew the man in the hospital bed felt soothed. She had a particular way with people. She could make them trust her. That's why she was the best at what she did. She ordered a few tests and then spoke, again through the translator, to the doctors who were in charge of the man's care. They nodded along, agreeing with her assessments and impressed with her expertise. That's why she was there, after all, or at least why they thought she was there. 
She was going to help cure the man of the rare disease that was slowly killing him. Too slowly, it seemed, for the U.S. government. Teddy was really there to speed up the process. Teddy took her time. She didn't want to rush and give herself away. All the while, though, she was preparing the injection that would end his life. Oh, she'd be long gone by the time it would take effect, but it would kill him all the same, she was sure of it. Just before she was set to leave, she went again to the man's bedside and started to prepare a syringe. Through the translator, she told the man that she wanted to give him something for his pain, something that would ease him to sleep. He nodded without thinking. Teddy smiled. He might feel a small pinch, she said, and then injected the syringe into his arm. He'd be dead within hours. At a certain point in every one of these seasons, I always like to just kind of check in with the players. Um, you know, not not so much, um, you know, how they're feeling emotionally, but really kind of, like, what do you think's going on, right? Like, you know, we're we're on episode five, you know, we're, we're no matter how many episodes this actually goes, we're, we're at least near the halfway point. Like, what suspicions do you have? What theories do you have? I'm, I'm, I'm curious, kind of, what's on your mind about what you, what you think is going on? Anybody that you think is, is, uh, is gonna betray you or <laughs> is not what they seem or anything like that? I, I don't know, honestly. I don't feel like anyone's betraying us yet. I am like really, just really curious to see what happens if and when we actually track down this Olivia character. Because I feel like our our remit right now is pretty simple, and after that, I have literally no idea where it could possibly go. <laughs> and it seems like vampires may be entering the picture, um, which which changes things a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I have any working theories right now. I'm I'm not sure how to feel about what's what's gone on thus far, or what to make of what's gone on thus far. Yeah, I mean, and kind of adding this in, like, you know, these two people that you have just um, started to fight or that you're, you're kind of in the middle of fighting, like something weird's going on, right? Like they, they seem to be photosensitive in some, to some degree, like the guy might have super strength, like the, the woman has some sort of magical powers, but also like they're bleeding. Um, so I, like, what, what are your thoughts about that? Like, I'm curious what, what kind of, you know, I don't know, what, what do you think about it? What are your theories? I mean... My working theory at the moment, Olivia knows about, you know, whatever this kind of broader conspiracy is. I think that there is a tie-in to, you referenced to me something about the MI6 base that's in Gibraltar. I think we have a rogue satellite MI6 operation of British agents who are setting up some sort of, like, vampire blood-infused super agent or something like that. Like, they're doing some sort of experimentation. And so that's that's where that's that's 
in my head, that's where this is going, is we're going to end up having to break into the Gibraltar br- Gibraltar base. And so this guy that you that you fought off is is one of is like at least kind of one of these uh, these genetically engineered super agents, or at least a, a test subject. Something like that, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. How equipped do you think Teddy, Gavin, and Fabio are to to, <laughs> to fight off uh, <laughs> supernaturally supernaturally enhanced super agents? Uh, at the moment, poor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, so let's let's pick things back up. The three of you were kind of tracking down a journalist, uh, Olivia Leo. Um, you tracked her to a hotel. She's on the run uh, from kind of trying to evade capture by pursuers. You heard that they were zeroing in on her, and so you kind of started to do your own chase, trying to take out many of the the eyes that they had watching her to try to kind of foil their plan of boxing her in. You were reasonably successful uh, to start, but as they uh, as you got closer and closer um, you encountered two people um, who kind of openly attacked you. One a kind of military looking man who seems to have some sort of superhuman strength um, who knocked Gavin from his motorbike and did some pretty bad damage to, to both Gavin and Fabio. Um, and a woman who seems to be exerting some sort of mystical, uh, mesmerizing power. You were able to fight off the guy, and he kind of slunk away into the shadows, but the woman is still here. Gavin is unconscious, and the woman is in the midst of attempting to to get the best shot in the party, Teddy, to turn her gun on, turn her gun on Fabio, who is nearing incapacitation, if not death. And so... Um, I'm going to make a roll, and then Teddy is going to make a stability roll to see whether she can overcome um, this compulsion. But let me make my roll first. All right, I have made my roll. So you hear, she, she, like everybody kind of out loud hears her chanting something under her breath. But in your head, Teddy, you hear, finish him for me. So I need you to make me a stability roll. You can choose how much you want to spend on the stability roll. Okay. But if you fail, you will have to shoot Fabio. Oh, gosh. All right, I'll spend three on the stability roll of my nine. Five plus three. That's an eight. So you are able to you are able to fight off the compulsion, and it is your turn. So what would you like to do? I'm trying to decide right now whether I take a shot at her or if I go with Gavin's previous approach of trying to get her into the sunlight or pull her hood off. I do think this is potentially a, a time for me to point out because we're all learning the rules together of your um, your MOS, um, which for you in particular is shooting. So I just want to I just want to say that if you choose oh. to use your MOS right now, and this person is at least partially human, you can just say that you take her out, and you can take her out with just that with that decision if you if you choose to do that. But then it wouldn't refresh for the rest. Of the, uh, that would not. That's a one per game situation. That's correct. This is. It would be. A, it would be a one and done use of your MOS here. But it would be pretty badass if you fought off the compulsion and then turned and shot her down. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to do that now. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I want to. If I forgot about the MOS. Um, let's do it. Let's end it. Nice. 
So if you want to use your MOS, you you know you hear these words in your head, finish him for me, and you know I think I think lots of things come flooding back into your mind at this moment. You think back to all the training that you went through um, as a as a CIA operative. Um, you know you're you're an expert marksman. You're you're probably one of the best shots in the entire world, and you think back to kind of your life as a CIA assassin and all of the, you know, the lives that you ended and, you know, kind of some of the, uh, some of the regret that you feel for, for taking those lives and kind of going against your, you know, the Hippocratic oath that you took when you were in med school and, and, you know, kind of what you see as your purpose as, as a doctor and a healer rather than a killer. And I think something flicks in your mind that, you know, someone has to die in this moment and, it's not going to be Fabio. And so you fight off you fight off the convulsion and you turn your gun toward the woman. Yeah, so Teddy turns her gun towards the woman with the hood and she points it directly between the, her eyes and just before she fires off she says, "You might feel a small pinch." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's perfect. Amazing. <laughs> Um, all right, and so and so this woman this woman collapses in a heap. Um, I mean, and, you know, and there there are people in this area, but you know, lots of them have scattered at this point. And you know, you start to hear you start to hear police sirens off into the distance. You know, you know, you don't have a lot of time, but all of the goons, all of the trackers, seem to have kind of faded back and blended back in with the crowd and. You know, I think I think Fabio, you're probably the one who who notices because Teddy has just kind of done this kill shot, and and Gavin is is unconscious right now. But I think I think I think Fabio, you notice that there is a woman who is kind of peeking her head out from an alleyway, kind of down the street a little ways. You see, she she looks to be Chinese. Uh, she has bangs, her hair pulled back in a ponytail, and she has a nose ring. And you recognize her um, as uh, Olivia Leo, and she kind of peeks her head, um, and and then more of her body out from around, and says, "Are they, are they gone? Where where's the guy who we were fighting? He like slunk away to tend to his injuries. Yeah, he's like he's like disappeared off into the night. Okay, as any good villain in an action movie would do, he's like slunk off into the night so that re- ready to fight another day at some point. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could tell her, yeah, they're gone for now. All right, so she she comes around the corner and says, "Oh, thank thank God. We we need to get we need to get out of here." And then she like notices Gavin and she's like, "Is he is he with you? Is he okay?" Do, do we think we have time to like turn to Gavin and just mend him up a tiny tiny bit? Yeah, I think I think that um I think Teddy could probably get enough get enough going to like get him conscious because you know i mean somebody's got to drive you out of here probably and it's probably got to be gavin so yeah i think you could um so the so the way that the first aid rules work is um so you, you can spend any amount of points from your medic pool and each of those heal two points of health back to to gavin so gavin how, how far are you down i'm at negative two so two two points would get him kind of conscious and like good like fighting fit if you want to spend two points from your medic pool and kind of like, just like tend his wounds a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking Teddy would go over to Gavin, tend his wounds, spend the two points from the medic's pool, and hopefully 
we can get him back and running. Sounds good. So you you kneel down and you kind of maybe you you've got like some smelling salts or something in your in in your bag and you like get him conscious again and you're able to like you know staunch enough of the bleeding that you can and and kind of wrap him up and put some compression on it that you can get him moving again. All right. So the three of you are at least conscious. You know, I, I I'm not sure that you have time to deal with Fabio's wounds at the moment, though he's obviously not feeling great. Um, but you really do think you got to get out of here. Um, so what do you what do you think you do to to escape? You have Olivia's with you. She she's there. She's she's ready to follow your lead. Are there any cars around that we could perhaps steal? <laughs> Absolutely, there are. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I think Gavin's driving would be <laughs> extremely effective right now. <laughs> I'm all for it. I was going to ask if we could like commandeer one from a <laughs> someone who's currently driving if we needed to. Stealing a car works for me. Yeah, so does anybody have... Um, I think I would make this either a filch or a mechanics roll to try to hotwire this car. I have four mechanics. You want to uh, You want to give me, a, give me a check? Yeah. I don't know how likely I am to need this again. I'll spend two. Okay. Oh, God. I rolled a three total. Oh, you rolled a one? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that so you you're, you're like trying to mess around with it, and you you can't you can't get it figured out. Oh no! And the the sirens are the sirens are starting to get they're starting to close in. Do do any of the other do either of the other of you have any points in mechanics? I have no points in mechanics. I had one point in mechanics that I spent <laughs> to uh, you know, cut the brakes on uh, some motorcycles. So I I could roll, I guess, <laughs> but it would be a flat roll. Still worth it. Yes, oh, totally worth it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and roll. <laughs> All right, let's see if the gemstone dice treat me any better this this time. It's a four. All right, so like, so so uh, Fabio's like messing around with it, like trying to trying to get it going, and and Gavin steps up and says, <laughs> "Get out of my way! I know how to do this." And he like he he hot wires it, gets into the car, gets into the front seat, and uh, and you start driving off, driving through the streets of Marrakesh. So you know. I think I think uh, Gavin is probably a good enough driver and surveillance person that you know nobody really knows exactly who they're looking for because the watchers really aren't tracking you anymore. It's just the police at this point, and you've just stolen a car nearby, and so I think you can pretty easily kind of make your way out of Marrakesh. And so now I'm wondering, kind of, where are you headed? And like, you know, what's your conversation with Olivia like? What, are, you know, like, what what information do you want to gather? Where are you going? What are you doing? Where, I mean, it's, what, a couple of hours to drive to Casablanca if we wanted to get back there? Yeah, it's, it'd be a couple hours, yeah. Okay. I feel like that's probably safer than going to the airport. It, we have, like, a, a meeting point to, like, deliver her, right? So all you have is the phone number of uh, Georg Rudek who you were supposed to contact after you had acquired her. Okay, so we don't know where. It's not like we could, you know, know what direction we're supposed to go or anything like that. Hmm. Do we Do we have, like, a safe house, to our knowledge, given our deep experience in these things? Uh, yeah, you can, um, you can use a... You can use a network spend to uh, create yourself a safe house. What do you guys think? I think we should, because yeah. I'm thinking about this... And what I'm wondering right now is, are we the redundancy? But like, are we are we doing the exact same thing 
by delivering Olivia that the people that we just fended off were trying to do. Mm, Would not yeah. roll it out. That's a good point. Uh, I'm happy to spend in network. Is it just one? Uh, let's let's say two. Let's say All two, right. um, and then you you'll you'll have access to a safe house, uh, kind of outside Marrakesh. Yeah. All right. So you spend your t- you spend your two, um, and you you all make your way to the safe house. You get in. You don't think anybody has followed you, and yeah, you're there. So what so what do you what do you what do you do? What what are your next steps? I don't think we call this number right away. I think we talk to Olivia. Yeah. Olivia, what what was what was happening in? Uh, you were in Romania, and then you came here, and you were fleeing people. What um, what did you find in Romania? Well, it's it's a bit of a long story. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you know this. I'm a I'm a journalist for the New York Times. I'm I'm based in London. I normally cover, you know, white collar crime, corporate corruption, things like that. But uh, a few weeks ago, I was contacted by. A source. They they wouldn't name themselves. They 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 just said that they had some some information about the Romanian mining industry. There was a there was a, a company that they that they told me was doing some some shady things. It was odd though. There was a lot of strange. I, I know you're gonna you're gonna think that I'm crazy, but there was a lot of strange information about vampires that was kind of mixed in with the information that I was provided. But you know, some of the initial intel that I looked into was good. And so when the source reached out again and asked me to check out a particular mining company, uh, one of those, one of the Romanian mining companies, I, I did. I looked into it a little bit. I found out that they were undertaking a new exploratory dig in the Carpathian Mountains. And it also seemed like, you know, I was, I was trying to dig into their financials a bit. You know, this is kind of my area of expertise. I was, I was digging into their financials and I, it seemed like the mining company was was serving as a front to something else in addition to doing the mining work that they were doing. Anyways, it was all very strange. I, I have a colleague back in the States who also worked for the Times who, you know, he, his his investigative journalism focuses on on strange things. He like he goes and debunks like weird rumors and folklore and folktales and things like that. So I, I called him, but I, I never heard back. So I, I made my way to Romania myself and I... I started to, you know, I, I went out to the site. I started to, to spy on them, and I kind of felt like I was in a spy movie. You know, normally my, my sort of investigations aren't really like this, but, you know, I was taking some photos, and, and before, I could, before I could figure out exactly what was going on there, somebody spotted me. Uh, the guards started shooting at me. Um, I, knew I, was, I knew I was in a bad place, and so I, I ran, and I, I've been on the run ever since. I know this is a, a minor detail, but um, who exactly is your... Um... Who is your reporter friend? Uh, his name is is Ben uh, Ben McKissick. He he works for the New York Times. I know the name. I've read some of, some of his articles. Good reporter. It's so strange that he hasn't gotten back to me. Why do you think these people are so determined to follow you everywhere? Clearly, you know that they're you know tracking you and and trying to get you for some reason. Why do you think that is? I really don't know. I. People can get very serious when when money's involved, and it seems like whatever this is a front for, there must be a lot of money involved for them to care about this this much. They, whatever I know, whatever my source knows, they don't want us to know it, or they don't want us to live to be able to tell anybody else. Do you know someone by the last name of Harker? Did you did you say Harker? Yes. Well, yeah, that was the name of that was the name of my source. That's that's what he called himself. I see. How do you how do you know that name? 
We were hired on to rescue you from your pursuers by someone who we were told only the name of uh, Harker. Yeah, he must have he must have known I was on the run and, and sent you sent you after me. I I realize now I think in my haste I left all of my materials and and photos in the hotel room. I can I can try to, to pull them up, I have them backed up somewhere. But I, I do think you should see them. We already have. How, how have you seen them? We uh we may have swung by your hotel. Nothing much happened, you know. Just walked in, grabbed them, left. That's it. She uh she looks at you with kind of a confused face, but it says okay. You may be charged for a lamp by the by the hotel, <laughs> just so you know. Sure, sure. It wasn't that nice of a place anyway. I can't imagine anything in there was very expensive. If uh, if I may ask, what was your next move? As you were sort of fleeing these people, where where did you intend to go? What were you planning to do? Well, I, I, I had made contact with a man named Hassan Safet. He, I don't know. I, I talked to some people, and they said that he could he could get me out of Marrakesh. So I was I was going to see him, but then I I realized that somebody was following me, and I I just tried to hide again. The individuals who were pursuing you were behaving very strangely and seemed to be almost superhuman in some of their endurance, their abilities. Uh, it seemed as though maybe this whole vampire situation, as crazy as it sounds, might be tied up in who your pursuers were. Do you actually believe that? Ooh! <laughs> I turn around into my briefcase <laughs> and pull out my chart of conspiracy <laughs> theories that I keep on me. <laughs> I think Olivia like looks over at 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 um at Teddy because I I'm guessing that Teddy's is riding in the back uh, based on based on the the last time I think Teddy was riding in the back and uh, and Fabio was riding up front so I think I think Olivia looks over at Teddy and like looks and, with like a with like a is this guy for real like he actually thinks they're real vampires yes he does <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're real <laughs> vampires I don't know what to think anymore Olivia. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't know what to think anymore either. So yeah, do you do you all want to look through look a little deeper through these through these documents? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, might as well. Okay. All right. So you start by looking at the photos, and Teddy, you've got some you've got some archaeology experience. I don't know if it's just a hobby for you or or whatever. You maybe you maybe you started as a as an anthropology major in college before switching to pre med or something like that. <laughs> uh, but but you've got some you've got some archaeology background. And you start looking through the photos, and it looks like they're excavating the remains of a of a medieval castle um, in the Carpathian Mountains, and it doesn't look like they've made a lot of progress. Um, so they're probably still working um, out there. It seems like whatever they're digging is probably pretty deep, and so you know this was this was less than a week ago, and so they're probably still working on whatever is out there. I think also when you mention this out loud, Gavin probably seizes on. Medieval castle, Transylvania, vampires, Wallachian warlords, and has mm -hmm. puts well, another few sure. strings on his uh, on his chart. All right, Dracula. Okay. <laughs> now there, we may end up dealing with vampire yeti, but I'm not clear on that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, if you if you spend some more time, I is 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 your plan to kind of come up with a plan here before make, trying to make contact with anyone? I think maybe so. I mean, yeah. 
Fobs here has to has got to heal up, right? I mean, he's he's looking pretty yes, deep. Please, yeah. <laughs> so you probably spend more time digging into the um, into the the documents and the and the photos. Um, Olivia tells you that she did a little bit of background research on this area that they're excavating. It's a, a monastery at a place called Salard. It was founded by Cistercian monks in the middle of the 11th century. Um, it was disbanded in the 13th century by uh, one of the, the local religious leaders. It was disbanded with kind of alarming haste. Um, so it, it seems clear that something happened that made them kind of shut this place down. It wasn't just kind of phased out or anything like that. And then it was abandoned for years until it was um, buried in a landslip triggered by an earthquake, um, which is why it's buried under the ground now. And they seem to be out there trying to to dig it up. And so you notice a few more things based on looking through the through the photos. Teddy, again, with your archaeology ability, these aren't competent archaeologists. They're doing a bad job based on the photos that you're seeing. They're digging right through the ruins. So you almost suspect that they're looking for something underneath and not actually like trying to dig out the ruins themselves. And they're like trying to do it quickly. Gavin, you're looking through the the documents, uh, some of the kind of like business documents and things that Olivia had compiled, and you know you you kind of come to the same conclusion that she did that this the company is a corporate cutout, um, but you, it's hard to tell what the parent company is. She hadn't gotten that far in her research. Fabio, you start to kind of look over the pictures and kind of take notice of the people that are there and. To you, it looks like, you know, kind of similar to what was happening in Marrakesh. Like, there's a lot of local muscle, um, you know, maybe organized crime or, you know, hired mercenaries in kind of the, the Romania area. But there are, you see some people that look like, you would say, British operatives, kind of similar to some of the people mm. you also saw in Marrakesh. Um, and then I'll offer, I'll offer one more clue if anybody wants to give me a one point spend in either diagnosis or notice i'll spend a point in diagnosis all right so teddy you're you're looking this over and you know it's getting pretty late into the night and you spot it it looks like a cooler and at first you're like you know are is is it just like a, a cooler where they might be keeping like water or something like that for the people that are working on the site uh but when you look more closely you're pretty confident that it's a it's a cooler box of the sort used to transport blood products um, that would hold about 20 units of blood on standby, which I think Katie can tell us, in addition to Teddy, that that's quite a lot of blood to just have on standby at an archaeological dig. Seems unnecessary, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> who was that who didn't believe in vampires? <laughs> <laughs> Vampire Mining LLC is out here (laughs) digging out some ruins. Uh, I have a question. Could we, since we're at the safe house, or we're we're heading to the safe house, um, will we have an opportunity to rest up and regain some of our points before we decide to call this fellow again? (laughs) Poor Fabio. (laughs) Just curious. Not asking for any reason. (laughs) Yes, you, you can you can do that. So after 24 hours, you're, you get a full refresh of athletics, driving, hand-to-hand, piloting, shooting, and weapons. So if you want to take kind of a full kind of next day at this place, you can refresh all of those things. 
and then you hear you heal um, two points of health per day. So I would say after a night's rest, you would all get two points of health back, and then you can can and then and then um, you know Teddy can continue to spend medic points to continue administering first aid to kind of increase that. Yeah, I mean that would bring me to <laughs> minus three. <laughs> it still feels like it's kind of down there. I mean, I guess we we don't really have any major time constraints, right? But also, it's probably reasonable to assume we can't just hang out for a week and a half for however long it would take to get all our health back. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, that's the the best DM trick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you want to do that, you can go ahead. So yeah, uh, talk, what, talk, talk it out. What's the plan? Yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, I think at least twenty four hours. Yeah, we can recuperate here. Fabio, we, mm-hmm. are you at minus five for the health? Uh, right now, yes. Okay. Oh boy. But I could get you back up to if we spend a night here, take the twenty four hours to recuperate, give you two points plus one. That bring you up to zero. I could also. Sp- I also have one point in medic, so I could spend that as well, right? Theoretically. Yeah, Teddy, have you taken any damage? Yes, I've taken. I have two points of health of my original nine. Okay, I have one point in medic too, just to add to our little pool. Okay. But that's it, unfortunately. I mean, and I think the other thing is like, if you're gonna take the twenty-four hours, you might as well sleep the second night. So. Let's 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 fast forward at least through that time, and so that's four points back for everybody, and then, okay. and then whatever whatever medic spends you want to do. Okay. So after our two nights of rest, what are we all at? I'm at minus one. I'd be at six out of seven, so I'm actually doing okay now because Ooh. of your your previous medical expertise getting me up from unconsciousness. I'd also be at six after two nights. Um. I mean, I'd be happy to spend my one point to help Fabio get, you know, an additional two two points back. Yeah, we or I can just spend two points, Fabio. So I'd be at... And then you guys can keep your medic points. Okay, so I'd be at positive two. Positive three, right? From negative one to three with two points from Teddy. Oh, yeah, they're each two. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Out of, out of how many? You have the out max of seven. one? Seven. I may, if everyone, if you're okay with it, I may spend my one and just give you the extra two, so you'd be at five. Because then yeah. we'd all be sitting around five, the five six range. We'd yeah. all be feeling a little better going into whatever this next thing is going to look like. That sounds good. Thank you all. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy, you still have like six left, right? Yeah, I still have six medic points left. Okay. I don't know if we're going to have the opportunity to, if I'm going to have the opportunity to treat anyone, but. <laughs> Have Again. to make sure you don't get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so should we also then go ahead and refresh those other, the things that you said we get back? Yes. Yes. So you get a full, full refresh of athletics, driving, hand to hand, shooting and weapons. I mean, and if there's anything you want to do over the course of that day that you take, you can do that too. Are you still holding off on, on calling anything in to Georg? Anything else you want to look into? Could I prepare, like, minor explosives over this time period? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that, just so I have them on hand in my stash of weapons. 
you like find some cleaning supplies in there that you can mix yeah. together and <laughs> yeah exactly i figure it too like oh is all are our bags back at the hotel oh probably uh, oh, well, <laughs> yeah so i improvised with cleaning products and household goods a safe house, theoretically, could have some things in it, right? Yeah, some stuff yeah. for us. It's an agent safe house. Yeah, I think I think anything that you had in those bags, even though the cops have picked those up, anything that you had, you can um, you can you can refresh in the in the safe house. So, uh, just I'm thinking about it. Do when we call this in, should we have Olivia listen in to our call so that she is aware of this contact at? what's happening i i don't want i don't want her to end up in a worse situation because of us definitely yeah so are you calling are you calling the during your rest day or are you calling the next day maybe early morning the next day first thing yeah. in the morning so like after the after the two nights of rest you're going to call in the ne- the next morning mm-hmm. yeah i think so okay you call georg's phone no answer hmm. you call you call like 15 minutes later, no answer. Call an hour later, no answer. And in fact, that time, it doesn't even ring. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. That seems Hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I suspect something has happened to our friend. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any other point of contacts here, do we? This is, it was just Georg. You have that and you have the email... You and Olivia have, all three of you and Olivia have all received an email from Harker. Send an email to Harker? Maybe Olivia specifically Should Olivia send an email, email to Harker? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it says, I lived, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the long and the short of this is that he's not going to respond to the email right away. And so you may have to make a decision on what you, if there's anything you want to do in the meantime, or if you're going to stay in the, in the safe house and wait it out. Did we have a phone number for the guy in Marrakesh? Hassan Safet? Yeah. Olivia does. That might be worth a call just out of curiosity as much as anything. Yeah. 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 And we have phones, so if we didn't want her to do it, one of us could in theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, so you want to call him in the meantime and see see what you can find or see what he knows? Yeah, I'm wondering if we want to use, you know, want her to do it because he has no idea who we are. So just a random person calling him and being like, "Hey, what do you know about possibly vampires?" I don't know how that would go over. What do you guys think? Vampires are sort of, you know, people ask people who are doing sort of illicit operations in Marrakesh. We could ask specifically if he had has information about Olivia, um, just to see what he knows. But you know, I. I don't know what will make him, like, clam up versus not, so we may only get one shot at any kind of information. Could we tell him that Harker sent us to find Olivia, but that we haven't found her, and we're looking for her? Maybe. I like that idea. Yeah. Might be worth a try. Someone who's good at bullshitting should do that. <laughs> oh, no. Hmm. What would count? I've I've won streetwise... Oh, I have interrogation. Two interrogation. That might be helpful. Can you interrogate over the phone? <laughs> yeah, I think you can interrogate over the phone. Okay. I got one high society, if that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think a, I think a combination of, of streetwise and interrogation would make sense. You know, he's he's a fixer, so you would know how to talk to a fixer. You, you probably know what, 
what might get him to talk, and you know that with a little bit of interrogation might uh, might work for you. All right, let's do it. All right, so you wanna you wanna try to play it off like you have not gotten Olivia yet, mm-hmm. and or that something might have happened to her. He does answer, and after you get through the like who you are part of the part of the part of the uh, the the call, yeah, how do you approach it with him? Yeah, I mean, I'll cut to the chase. Uh, a man named Harker sent me. Um, I don't know much about him, to acquire a target named Olivia. Do you know anything about this? I haven't been able to track her down, and I could use some help. It's possible that I know something about this. Uh, Why are you tracking her down? I'd just like to make sure she's safe. Well, I'm not sure I can trust that. I I think there are people that may wish to do her harm. Um, if you want to, if you want to do, if you want to give me a spend of some sort to let me kind of how you want to kind of push him in a direction or another, you can. Fabio, if I can interject, I don't know if it would be awkward to hand the phone off to Teddy in the midst of this conversation, but I have a few points to spend with reassurance so I can reassure him. Oh yeah. That we are. Yeah. I love that. I'll just say, hang on. Hassan, my uh, my colleague here would like to speak with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Teddy takes over the call and kind of aims to soothe him and make him feel confident that you're on the right side. Um, and you are so go ahead and s- spend one point in reassurance. And what you're able to get out of him is that you know he he tells you what you already know, which is that he was trying to get her out of Marrakesh uh, because there were people after her, and he. He doesn't know who the people are, but putting a few things together, you know, some of the people that, that he he saw that were involved in the operation, along with some activity that he's been hearing. He's been hearing a lot of activity in the uh, out of the, the British outpost in Gibraltar, um, and he thinks that it seems like this was at least connected to some sort of British intelligence activity, potentially based out of the station in Gibraltar. I have a question for you, Hassan. Uh, if you had successfully met up with Olivia, where where were you going to take her? What what was your next step? I can't reveal those sources. I have I have ways in and out of Marrakesh that I'm only valuable because I have them. I understand. She would have been safe. I don't know. What do you guys? Can we like sidebar while he's on the phone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you can you can have kind of prepped the whole conversation, but you don't think that there's a lot more that you can get out of him. Okay. Well, we'll thank okay. him. You know, appreciate it. Well, we hope to be see you again in Marrakesh one day. <laughs> Once more in Marrakesh, yeah. And then he hangs up. Is there any additional research I could do about the company in Romania? Uh, actually, actually not. So you know, you you start to dig in, and you get as far as Olivia got. That it, you know, you see that this, that it's that that's, this company is part of something larger. But mm-hmm. you know they've they've kind of put up um, enough uh, diversions in the trail to kind of you reach the same dead end that she did. What about anything related to occult studies uh, for this monastery, this the ruins? Yeah, you do some digging with that, and there's nobody that's come to any specific conclusions. But just given how quickly this place was shut down. You know, your your kind of your 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 evil sense, your vampire sense, your supernatural sense is is tingling a little bit, right? It it happened so swiftly and dramatically that 
it seems like something other than just kind of standard human corruption or any sort of any sort of kind of standard trouble that the monks at this place could have gotten into. And so it's it's getting to be kind of later in the afternoon of this next day, and you still have not heard anything back from Harker. Hmm. He's the only other contact we have, right? Yeah. You have him, and you have it seems like you know two leads, right? There's this there's this dig site, and there's the Gibraltar connection. Teddy, Fabio, I'm stumped. Me too. I don't know where we go from here. What is Olivia's next step now that she's out of da- immediate danger? She's still curious about this stuff. Does she want to get to the bottom of it further, or is she just, you know, what I'm done? Get me out of here. Going back to normal life. Do you ask her that directly? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell she's she's torn. I think because you know, as an investigative journalist, she doesn't really want to stop until she's uncovered uncovered what's actually going on at the heart of this investigation all that being said she has you know the the past 72 hours of her life have been kind of the most traumatic experience that she's ever experienced and so i think she's torn she wants she she doesn't love she doesn't like she's she's unwilling to put herself back in a place where she feels at risk and yet she's still interested for sure but I think she, I think she, she wants to kind of go back to a life as a, as an investigative journalist who does investigations remotely and not, and never go anywhere near that Romanian dig site again or anything like that. I was gonna say we could go to the Romanian dig site with her, but that seems like it's off the table. Hmm. Or just the three of us could go. Yeah. You yeah. also think you have enough contacts that you could like. You could hire someone like Hassan Safet, who you trust, to get her back home. Like, to get her back to London. Oh. Could we hire literally him? <laughs> you He's probably could, yes. yes. Yeah, he seemed nice. He's <laughs> great. What do you guys think? I don't mind, you know, hire him to take care of the Olivia situation, and then we can either go to Gibraltar or Romania. Yeah, let's make sure Olivia mm-hmm. gets home safe, and then either either lead we can follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so you reach back out to, to Hassan. He he uh, is a little put off by the fact that you lied to him uh, in the first place, <laughs> that you didn't have Olivia. Uh, but that's that's outweighed that's outweighed by the relief that he feels that this person that he, he had promised that he would get out of Marrakesh is is safe. And so you uh, you know, you meet at an agreed upon location, Olivia goes with Hassan, um, and they drive off. And uh, the three of you are going to be left to decide which lead to follow up on next. Uh, And we are going to end our story there for right now. Nice. Which lead are we going to (laughs) follow? I don't don't know. This podcast was created using Knight's Black Agents, written by Kenneth Height and published by Pelgrane Press and is based on an adventure written by Gareth Ryder Hanrahan called The Harker Intrusion. The podcast also uses material from The Dracula Dossier, written by Kenneth Height and Gareth Ryder Hanrahan, and music from Dust and Mirrors, written by James Semple. All of these are used under the Pelgrane Press Limited Community Use Policy. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the nature of my game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGPodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>